last week while we were here, uh, we wrapped up our series uh, in the book of Second Peter uh, as we were kind of looking at what was the difference between uh, a Christian worldview and how we approach the world uh, and interpret the things that are going on uh, in light of eternity versus those that don't have this hope. Uh, we're going to have two weeks here where we're kind of doing uh, a couple standalone messages, and now we're going to be getting into uh, our Christmas series coming up uh, in December, uh, and the title of that's going to be Wonder, uh, and kind of looking at the, the wonder of God's sovereignty, the way that he has designed things, uh, the way that he even ordered how Christmas happened, uh, and really looking at that and, and the astounding wonder uh, of what God has done, uh, both in creation uh, as well as uh, his plan for the ages. This morning, uh, as we get started here, uh, I kind of want to take uh, a moment to contemplate something that's a part uh, of our daily lives. It's something that happens so often uh, that we may take it for granted. It's actually vital to our life, life on this planet, uh, and yet we may not give it a second thought at times. Every morning, uh, the sun rises and the sun sets. And how often do we actually take a moment to, to contemplate that there is this like giant ball of burning gas up in the sky? Like how often does it like capture our attention unless like you're driving uh, east early in the morning and it's like right in your eyes and it's like glaring off the windshield? Uh, then you pay attention to the sun. Uh, or if you're driving home uh, west when it's setting, but maybe it's a sunset or a sunrise. Uh, just this week, and I, and I took a picture while I was out there. I don't know how well it shows up. This is at Devil's Lake. Um, and I was up there, and it was kind of getting dusk, uh, and I still had probably a 20-minute hike to, like, get out of the darkness and, and down the rocks uh, of the bluff. But I had just had to take a moment and, and look at that, like, just the, the glory of God displayed in the heavens. And, and it was just like this fiery red pink, and then it was like glinting off the, the water. And then we sit there and we marvel at God's creation. We marvel at the sun and the beauty that it has. Or perhaps now at this time of year, we're starting to notice uh, its absence a little bit sooner. You know, at 5 p.m., like it's dark uh, versus, you know, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock within the summer. There's a lot of interesting facts uh, about the sun, Light from the sun or, or a light particle coming from the sun takes a full eight minutes to reach earth. Uh, this week, while we were looking at some of these things, we put on a YouTube video, uh, and there's this YouTube video where it has, like, the sun, and, and then a couple of planets, and then earth, and it's got this little line that starts, and there's, like, this classical music that's crescendoing in the background as you're watching this wave like come to it's an eight minute video and all you're watching is like this little thing moving closer and closer to earth as the classical music gets bigger and bigger and then it was kind of cool to like watch out our front window and be like it's here <laughs> like after its eight minute journey it's here now um other things, if the sun were as tall as a typical front door, so think of your front door or even the door that we have back there is maybe a little bit bigger, uh, the earth would be the size of a nickel in comparison to the size of the sun. Uh, if the sun's volume or, or the space that it occupies, uh, scientists believe that it would take about 1.3 million earths to fit into the space that the sun occupies. 
and that if we were too close, we would be incinerated. But at the same time, this is what provides life on earth. With, without the sun, there's no light. We would just be kind of stumbling around in the darkness, and, and who knows what's out there. If there was no sun, there would be uh, no light for plants to go through the process of photosynthesis. There we go. I got it. So then the plants don't grow. And if the plants don't grow, then there's no food. Or there's no food for our food, depending if you're vegetarian or carnivorous. Not only that, they don't turn carbon dioxide back into oxygen for us to breathe. There's no heat. There's no gravity. There would be nothing keeping the oceans where they are or our earth on its uh, path around the sun, and we would just drift aimlessly. W without the sun, there is no life on earth. And it's miraculous. Like, like unless you garden, like, it still blows my mind that, that you can take a, a little seed and kind of like shove it down into the darkness of the earth a little bit and kind of cover it over. And, and God has designed the seed in such a way that what does it do? It reaches for the light. Because the light is its life. And, and so it like starts to shoot up these small, tiny, little green things that are just reaching for the warmth and the light and for carbon dioxide for it to transform. And, and then it continues to grow into this plant. Maybe there's flowers that pop on it. One of my favorite plants is the, uh, the strawberry plant. You know, you get these beautiful, like, white flowers that, like, pop up all over in June. And you know that means strawberries are coming. <laughs> because those little white flowers then turn into strawberries. And it's one of the best fruits out there. And it's just simply miraculous that the sun provides this and life here on earth. It's absolutely essential to everything that we do. And then to contemplate that the sun existing as far away as it is and how essential it is to our life came into existence by the uttering of four words. Let there be light. Through the authoritative power of the spoken word of God, the Son simply existed. And through the wisdom of God, we have dependence upon the Son for life in this way that so clearly points to the need that we have for dependence upon God the Son in Jesus Christ. Without Him, we have no eternal life. Without Him, there is no spiritual growth. And that is what we're going to be contemplating this morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to start uh, in John chapter 1. We'll have the verses up on the screen, uh, but we're going to be kind of jumping around here in John and First Peter and Matthew and a bunch of places as well. Uh, but before we read John chapter 1, verse 1, let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning. Uh, we are thankful uh, for everything that you have given to us. Uh, this week is something that our nation sets aside in order to choose to be thankful. Uh, but, Lord, you tell us to constantly be thankful for you and what you've done. So, Lord, we thank you for sending your Son, for his life, his death, his resurrection, 
that provides life for us. We thank you for the sun by which we can see and eat and breathe and walk upon this earth. Lord, as we contemplate the miracle uh, of the sun and everything that it gives us, uh, let us not forget the glory of the Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to focus on Him today and what that means for us in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so John chapter 1, verse 1. Again, it starts off by saying, In the beginning was the Word. Uh, And this Word is uh, meaning Jesus. So beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And all things were created through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. So this is talking about the sun being spoken into existence. It's talking about the whales in the depths of the sea uh, to the smallest ant that tries to steal our food at a picnic. Spoke all things into existence. Verse 4, in him was life. So in him, in the word, in God the Son, in Jesus Christ was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. And so here we have this illustration of Jesus himself being the light of men and women here on earth. Being the light of truth. The light of guidance. That only salvation is found through him. And the forgiveness of sins that was made possible through his death on the cross. The fact that only through Jesus Christ, only through the light of his glory and mercy and forgiveness, do we find a way to salvation. Yeah, amen. And then in that, the absence of that light represents darkness or or blindness to the truth. Not seeing Jesus Christ as Savior means that we're just stumbling around trying to find the best way that seems right to us, but not knowing the direction. It's trying to to get somewhere and not seeing the way that we need to go. And it's through the Holy Spirit and Christ in this light that we find that He is the only path, and it is narrow that leads to salvation. And wide and broad is the path that leads uh, to destruction. But again, the hope is the light that Jesus alone provides. John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to them again, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Peter wrote it this way uh, in chapter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen race, meaning those of us here, those who have found salvation through Jesus Christ, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. Now this has nothing to do with borders. 
This has nothing to do with countries. It has nothing to do with governments. has absolutely nothing to do with the color of our skin or what background we came from. It only has to do with we have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And in that, we are now family. We are brought together, purchased we are now brothers and sisters. Our adopted brother is Jesus Christ. Our adopted father is God the Father who spoke all things into existence. The bond that we have together that makes us this royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people, being God's people, the bonds that bring us closer together are greater than anything that blood or DNA could create here on earth. That's what binds us together. And then we're called into his marvelous light. We're not stumbling around in the darkness anymore. We're not going through this year and, and having fear of what, you know, what will happen if so-and-so is the president. Of the, it doesn't matter. Jesus is on the throne. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's president 16 years from now. He is our king, and we represent him. That is light. That is the light of truth that gives us a security that even if things get difficult here on earth, we know it's only a temporary situation. That because Jesus has adopted us, at some point we're going to be sitting in heaven with him at the banquet table celebrating as he partakes of the vine for the first time after he instituted communion 2,000 years ago. And we get to be there in celebration with that. That is the light that gives us hope. That is the light that gives us direction. That is the light that gives us a guidance through our life. Verse 10, once you were not a people, we were lost in darkness, but now we are God's people. Before we did not have mercy, but now we have received mercy and grace and forgiveness and the transforming work of the Holy Spirit that both brought us into the light, but then turns us into being the light of the Lord. We're called into that light. And we're transformed, which then calls us to live in a way of responsibility and accountability to this life. But we need to understand that our lives themselves are now light because of Christ. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 says it this way. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. See, here's this transformative work that happens where, where we're in the darkness and we're stumbling around without Jesus Christ and, and we're heading towards uh, destruction and eternal punishment in hell for being rebels against the holy God. And, and in God's grace and mercy, he shines the light upon us. It's, it's this wonderful uh, example that is lived out in the life of Paul where he's actually on the road to persecute Christians. And this bright light shines to the point where he's blind and, and Christ is revealed to him. 
at some point for all of us who are in Jesus, that happened spiritually as the light shone and we understood we desperately need Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior. And so that light revealed the truth, but the transformative work of the Holy Spirit then turns us to the point where Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Let that light as you're transformed shine so that other people can see it and see this hope. We have this direction. Let the light shine before others so that they may see these good works. Now these good works are as a result of being light itself. There's a few things that we can learn from this passage here. Uh, the first one of these works that are mentioned for us to do, again, do not earn us salvation in any way. There's no amount of right actions that we can do in order to earn God's love or in order to earn forgiveness. It's made very clear in Ephesians chapter 2, 8, and 9 that we're saved by grace through faith, not by works, so that no one may boast. But in that same passage, it also says that we were created for good works that were prepared for us beforehand. And so it follows. We transform and in this new life, it's, it's like that illustration of here's the sun burning down on this patch of dirt and this plant responds and, and opens up to that and reaches out for the light and it begins to grow. And just by the nature of being a strawberry plant, flowers grow as it abides in the light, which then turns into fruit of strawberries simply by abiding in the light. That's what this is saying, is that the works, we, we cannot sit there and be like, I'm going to become a strawberry plant on my own. We can't do it. It just is what it was created to be. And you realize that's what happens in salvation for all of us. We are now new creations and that by abiding in the light of Jesus Christ, the Son, we're just being what we were now transformed to be. And if we abide in His presence and follow His commandments, fruit naturally follows. These good works that we were created for naturally happen. The, the, the juicy fruit of a strawberry happens naturally because it was created to do. The fruit of the Spirit happens because it's what we're now transformed to be. So again, these works do not earn us salvation, but they're a result of the transformation that we've gone through. The second is that the source of the light, the true source of the light is Jesus and not us. Jesus says, in a sense, you are the, the light of the world. But, but really what it is, is that as we come to salvation, we have a deposit of the Holy Spirit put within us, according to Ephesians chapter 1, as a deposit for the inheritance that we have in heaven. That is the light that is now shining out of us. It is God himself and not us. If we try to manufacture light in our life, it's going to be distorted and harsh. When you look at buying a house, when you look at a room that you want to spend time in, what kind of light do you want in there? You want natural light. Not the, the I mean, 
remember school? I mean, some of you still may be in school, but when I was in school, it was always like those harsh, buzzing, fluorescent lights. And the worst rooms were the one that had no windows. Because all you had was just that, that harsh, yellowy. And then they made the blue ones, which I got headaches from even more. That unnatural light is, is something that our bodies don't even like. And we long to have windows that open in to be able to have some aspect of real light in our lives. It's the same thing where we try to attempt to be a light out of our own strength. Or, or we try to force light uh, where light should not be. That's where we live our lives as Christians. And then we aren't truly representing Jesus. We're doing it at our own strength. I think there's a lot of this harsh light on social media right now in Christianity. When you look at the things that people are posting and saying, do they reflect the love of Jesus? Does it have that aspect of natural life that, that promotes growth? that promotes love, that, that people respond to and say, I need something of that. Like, like, draw me towards that. I need more of that in my life. And, and then growth happens. That, that's what we're called to be as the light. Are we representing Jesus in that way where we're letting the natural light of the gospel come through? Or are we adding some of ourself to it and adding something artificial? We're adding um, condemnation or judgment. We're adding harsh words. We're, we're just adding things and we're saying things and we're slinging stones online and, and doing things or even in person that don't represent the light of Jesus and it leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. And they're like, I don't, why would I want to be a part of that? The same thing happens within our lives. We reflect the life of Jesus, but if we let too much of ourselves in that mix, it becomes something that's almost you don't want to be a part of. And so we're called to abide and reflect the light. Let it be that natural light of the gospel. These works are bone out, born out as fruit. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. It says, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So again, that transforming process. You were once darkness, but now you are light. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Testing what is pleasing to the Lord. Don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them, or rather bring the light to them. It's shameful to even mention what is done by them in secret. Everything exposed by the light is made visible, for what makes everything visible is light. Therefore it is said, get up, sleep, arise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Pay careful attention then how you live. Not as unwise people, but as wise people, making the most of the time because of the days being evil. This is some of what we were talking about last week or in the week before, where the day of the Lord is going to be coming as a thief in the night. And so therefore, what kind of lives ought we to live? It's the same sense here in Ephesians. 
if we're in Jesus Christ, we are now light. And we're surrounded by darkness. So what do we do with the time that's left? We want to shine the light out so others might see the glory of Jesus Christ and realize that through abiding in Him there is life and there is growth and that there is hope and that there's fruit and in that is the only hope for mankind. Now the question then becomes, practically, what does this look like? And honestly, it's going to be different for each individual. The things that God calls us to are going to be greatly varied. And it's one of the reasons I love the illustration of the body in 1 Corinthians, where God says, or he says, I build the body, and each one has its part, and each one has its purpose. Not everyone will be called to be up on stage and talking publicly for 40 minutes. Not everyone will be called to be a missionary, an evangelist, a worship leader, or a teacher. But you might be. Have you ever considered that? And are you open to that? To step out into something that's so far beyond yourself that your only chance is to hope in Christ. But are you open to what God is calling you to be? Because regardless of where we are in life, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a single parent, somebody that has a career, somebody that uh, has to go to work and have a, a second job, being part of the family, maybe you're a student, uh, maybe you're disabled, no matter where you are in life, you are called to be light. And that's why it's going to be practically different for each one of us. And all we're called to do is really to abide in that light, to seek the leading of the Holy Spirit for our circumstances in our life, and say, God, how do you want me to live? How do you want me to shine your light to the situation that I'm in? Do you want me to leave this situation? Do you want me to stay here? But it's to be open and follow whatever God may call us to do. This may include, or it does include, things like praying for our neighbors, praying for family, praying uh, for strangers. Just praying. The power of prayer is effective. We see that in James. And so we can pray for other people and, and ask for God to move, uh, to bring that light and to bring that growth. Regardless of our situation, it includes praying. It also includes reflecting the love and grace of Jesus Christ. The example of the Good Samaritan just caring for somebody, even if they're a stranger, for, for their physical needs, to, to help somebody within need. Maybe it's shoveling snow for them because they have a difficulty with the weight or that they're not feeling well. Last week, I was able to read a, a card uh, of gratitude for somebody who was financially helped out during this time uh, and season. It could be buying food for someone or even just spending time. Spending time, picking up the phone and, and making a phone call or FaceTime or a text. We live in a situation right now where we're called to be isolated and separate for safety. And, and my heart and my prayers often are for people that are single or leave alone. I get to go home and I've got a wife and a daughter 
and I have human interaction. And, and so one of the th- ways that we can reflect the grace and love of Jesus Christ is just to reach out to people and say, hey, is there anything I'd be praying for? How are you doing? We can do these things. And sometimes we might label these things as like, they're just the small things. We can just do the small things. We can just, small things to pray for somebody. The small things to give somebody a ride or a lift or to help shovel. The thing is, is that by being light, reflecting the light of Jesus, that that is an eternal thing. And so these things, we might try to reason away as small, but the truth is they are eternal as they reflect the love of Jesus Christ. These things aren't small for just being light. They have eternal impacts. Who knows the stranger that you pray for, what happens as they walk away? Paul says that some plant, some water, but it's God that makes it grow. We don't know the impact sometimes of what we do, but what we're called to do is just be light and trust that God does the work with that. We uh, are called also, another thing, uh, regardless of our situation, is to minister to one another. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And we do that by praying for one another. But the thing is, uh, is that all of these things, praying for neighbors, family, strangers, uh, doing these things of helping out in in physical and tangible ways, uh, and even ministering to one another here within the church, uh, we can still hide in these things by serving in a very private sense. We might see a stranger and feel like, oh, I should pray for that person. And so we just kind of pray within ourselves. Lord, I pray for this person as they walk by, that you would bless them. I don't know their situation, but you know their situation and so on. That's still a very private thing. Ministering here within the church, we're called absolutely to do, to minister to one another, to encourage one another. But in that is light serving light. I think about this again. We read this passage earlier in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp, puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. When we contemplate this, do your coworkers know that you're Christian? Do your neighbors? Do your friends? If they're going through a hard time, if they're discouraged, if they're lacking hope, do they know that here's a beacon of light that I can go to? Now, I'm not talking about constantly like throwing scripture in somebody's face and saying, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. But by simply being light wherever we are, people know that they can walk towards it or they can choose to ignore it and walk away from it. But if we take our life and what God has transformed us to be and we sit there and say, I don't want to cause my work situation to to be uncomfortable. So I'm just going to kind of keep a little lid on it and just kind of let a little bit light come out here and there. I, I think we're missing the point of this verse. And it's difficult. And I realize that even now as I'm, I'm standing up here and, and 
I mean, my full-time position is is ministering to the church, and in that is a blessing. And it's been a long time since I've worked in a situation where I'm with coworkers, and it feels like you're surrounded by darkness. That the talk is, I, I remember being an electrician and just having to walk away from lunchtime because I didn't want to listen to the things that were being talked about. And so it can be difficult. But again, the answer to that is simply by abiding and following the leading of the Holy Spirit and trusting that when he calls us to do something, that we just step out in faith. It's that prayer in Acts chapter 4. The apostles had, Lord, let us be bold when you're calling us to be bold, and then we're going to trust you with the rest. And so it's simply walking into our situations, our jobs, our neighbors, our family at times, and saying, God, I want to be a light in this situation. Would you give me wisdom on what to say and when to say, if I should even say it? And then we just need to be open. And then when we feel that prompting to be able to point something out, uh, for me, uh, just practically, one circumstance, uh, you know, with my parents uh, earlier this year, uh, they had come over, and they're like, oh, we were working on our will, and we want you to have a copy of our will, uh, and here, let's go through it. And so we went through it, and I'm feeling this sense of the Holy Spirit. Like, here's this somber moment where we're talking about, like, the death of my parents and what happens afterwards. And I just felt like God wanted me to be like, I'm glad that you planned for, like, what happens when you die, but have you planned for what happens afterwards? And it was a slightly awkward conversation. But again, we plant, we water. It's God making it grow. We're just called to be light. We're just called to water when God brings something to us. Uh, and so again, all of this sense of being light is done simply by abiding in the light of Jesus Christ, the work of the Holy Spirit within us, and then just submitting and saying, God, show me what to do. And then we go out into the world as the light of the world. Remember back in John chapter 1, where it talks about Jesus coming down and he was the light of men. That's what he's now transformed us to be. We have so much darkness around us. We have so much depression. There's so much animosity. And there's an answer. And it lives within us. And it walks where we go. As we carry the light of Jesus Christ. And the hope for all of eternity. Father, we come before you this morning. And I thank you for the truth of this passage. That our lives are no longer merely human, but something supernatural. Where once we were in darkness, stumbling around, and you brought us into your marvelous light and transformed us into light. Father, the practical aspects, what it's going to look like for each one of us is going to be so different because you've called and equipped each one of us in different ways. And it's a beautiful tapestry that's woven together to be the church. And so, Lord, I pray as your people are faithful to seek you in how to be the light in their individual situations, I know, I know that you will be faithful to reveal what they should do.
I simply ask that you give us the boldness to say what you call us to say and to let our light shine so that others may give you glory. Lord, we recognize that there will be rejection at some and there may be persecution at other times, but it does not matter because darkness cannot overcome the lights, but it is light that overcomes the darkness. Father, as we come to this week of Thanksgiving, let us uh, be grateful for everything that you've given, but let it not just be this week and going forward. Father, as we come into the season of lights with Christmas, let us recognize the light that you brought into the world and that now we are the light that you have sent into the world. Let us be your church for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stand as we go into our closing worship set this morning. Uh, if you have a prayer need of any kind, uh, through the hall and down to the right, we have a prayer room that people can pray for uh, you there. Otherwise, let's worship uh, the lights of the world, Jesus Christ, and praise his holy name.